Making your way in the world today means giving it all you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody <laughs> knows your name. <laughs> and they're always glad you frame. <laughs> Wouldn't you like... Oh, I don't know. No, that's more than <laughs> enough, man. I love it. I haven't heard that one in a while, man. Classic. Good old class... 90s? Oh, show? earlier than it that. It was a, like late 80s into the 90s, and then that's when they wrapped it, right? Yeah, I think they ended in like 94. Three ninety four. I could be wrong. But. Could you imagine like pitching that show back then, and you're like thinking, "We're just gonna have a bunch of guys and girls in a bar just talking." Yeah, that's the show. Yeah, and it was a huge success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could probably do no it on a job site. Scenery. No, nothing at all, man. <laughs> Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate Thanks so it. much, man. Honestly, I've been uh, I've been itching to do the show because I wanted to talk to you because you got a lot of good things going on. And oh, cool. Thank plus, you. you also got of um, I, I'm gonna say you almost built in a bunch of the provinces and territories too. Oh yeah. It's like Been you haven't stayed in one place, right? No, I did a uh, little traveling when I was younger and moved out west and kind of built good relationships across the country and we still get up and go. Yeah, which yeah. is good. Yeah, it's fun. We'll get into that, but let me do a quick deets here. So Ryan Buchanan's here, Buchanan Carpentry, Ryan at getbuchanan.com and you can find him uh, on his email at www.getbuchanan.com and then on his IG, which is Buchanan Carpentry. Um, I'm currently wearing uh, Universal yeah, Universal Aluminum. I got to look at it. Products. Supplier. Thanks so much. I, I'm trying to remember his name now. Oh, fuck. I got to start making a list of everybody, but I'm wearing his hoodie. It's a nice hoodie. Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at tcl underscore the construction life follow us on tiktok under the same handle and tweet us at tcl construction subscribe to our youtube channel check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners link is in the ig bio join the conversation on facebook the construction life community but now over to you ryan i want to get started the first thing i want to get started i love the quote that you put on your is it on your website and your on your, I think it's um, a house is made of brick and beams, but a home is made of hopes, hopes and dreams. Yeah, a little cheesy. No. Okay. It's not. Good. <laughs> it's it's truthful. It's yeah, honest. It yeah, it is. That's what I like about it. Yeah, it is. It's uh, just wooden beams to us, but to someone who hires us, it's everything. Yeah. It's their their dream, their vision, everything they've worked hard for, and we don't take it for granted. Yeah. How many years you've been in the game now? It's like 20 years, isn't it? 25. 25 now. Yeah, I had How to do the math you? the other day. I'm 40 years old, but it's my only job. I've only had one job. Right out of high school? In high school. In high school? Yeah. Why did you pick up the hammer? My mom made me. She was asking for something to be built or you no, needed to do something? No, I was just skateboarding, listening to rap music, just hanging around the house, sleeping in. And she woke me up one morning, threw a hard hat on the bed, 
and said, you're going to work for a friend. Get up. No more Lords of Dogtown. No more Lords of Dogtown. Dogtown. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that documentary? I did, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great documentary. Yeah, it is. yeah. Um, So then, and that's it? You had no hesitation about it? You were just like, okay. Well, I had hesitations for sure. Who, want, who wants to get pulled out of bed and go work for At somebody? that age, huh? Yeah. And it's not like it was early in the morning. Like, I showed up halfway through the day. And, and how was that first walk-on? Intimidating. Like, what was the intimidating part? Like, there was the other tradespeople, or was it just a job site? Yeah, just doing something new. You know, sometimes that can be intimidating. And at I was, that age, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of working at a, a snowboard shop, ski shop, early on, and kind of just doing one, two shifts a week just to make money to buy just a skateboard. Just to survive. Just, just enough. Just for skateboarding. <laughs> just for skateboarding. And uh, Make it to the weekend. Yeah, and as I got closer to the end of high school, I think my mom and dad were a little worried and just wanted me to start getting that work attitude for the next step. And... Um, yeah, so I, I just kind of stuck with it. I put myself through university by framing houses. Paid for the whole tuition. Paid for everything. What would you, yeah. Can I ask what your parents do? My dad was a retired football player. And he later on came and worked for me, but he passed away like two years ago. Okay. And my mom is a very talented interior designer. She's a hardworking woman. She renovated our houses growing up by herself. Did you guys help out? Did you help oh, yeah, out? Yeah, we had to clean up the mess. Okay. Of course. <laughs> she yeah well, which is great but at least <laughs> yeah. you're contributing absolutely yeah okay all right and then he was working for you later on yeah my dad was uh dabbled with a few things after football and uh before covid started he his insurance venture just wasn't it was wasn't filling his schedule so yeah. he started solely working part-time with me working in the office and yeah it was nice how many years did you have working for someone to build up, I guess, your career, your knowledge before you went on your own? A long time. Yeah? Yeah, so if, maybe 12 years. I uh, worked through high school just building complete houses for How somebody. How many different employees or employers did you have? Not a lot, sorry. Okay. So maybe four. Four employees. That's still a lot. Well, in construction, a lot of guys just hop around, you know, just trying to Today, get a dollar these more. Days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I paid my dues with some companies making no money. Until I was able to make it to like lead carpenter. And then once I made lead, I was a foreman for a pretty big company out west and left by myself in the north to build stuff and just realized that like I could be doing this on my own. If it's just a matter of saving up a bit of money, like I already had a good name, hard worker, I was independent. And it was just time to kind of move home back to Ontario anyways. So it was just an easy step to start my own thing. But I mean, like, what was the, um, I guess, what were the hard lessons that you learned from working for somebody else that you didn't realize that were a part of working on your own? Oh, I'm still learning every day. Yeah, that's what I figured, right? Yeah, yeah. Like pricing. Yeah. I went into that completely blind. Like, I only charged a little bit more than I was making as a foreman. Honestly, because I just didn't know. Because you just didn't realize. But you didn't also think to ask, right? Yeah, who do you ask? You're not sure who to ask. Yeah, right, to at the out. time, when I started my own business, I kind of subbed out work. And I started a consulting company at first. Okay. Because I didn't want to get a big crew. I didn't know exactly where I was going to find most of my work. Um, so I'm, almost everybody that I had ever worked for hired me to come and help them on a project. So I was filling my schedule with everyone I used to work for. Networking. So how do you have a conversation of what their jobs 
with their price and their jobs out when they're subbing some of it to me. They won't. Uh, well, they won't. They won't. Yeah. So I was really left to kind of guess and figure that out. And then that kind of stopped after COVID and I just had to be candid and start calling up everyone I used to work for and be like, I need some help. You know, that's a hard conversation to have, but that's, that's how I got a little more knowledgeable with pricing and being competitive because up until like three years ago, I think I was the cheapest guy in town for sure. But were you profitable? Like, were you just Yeah, because by? of the volume we do. Okay. But I mean, were you going back? And, and, and I think all of us have done this in the construction. Like, we, we've taken on jobs where we start working, and all of a sudden we quickly realize that the kid at McDonald's is making more money than me okay. when I'm sacrificing so much more. Yeah. But I'm building my business. I'm building my brand, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I was meant. Like, were you surviving at that point, that level, and realizing, hang on a sec, I should be charging more. And I know you get a lot of people online, like, charge your worth and you know double triple quadruple and they just give it a try and you see if clients will say yes to it and then you get the job and you're all happy and you move on from there right yeah yeah. but i I think that that's not the best way to go about it Mm -hmm. i think it's a matter of trying to find the right clients and the right network that you say well this is what my rate is this is what i charge right and it's probably in line now with other people that you know in the industry right yeah because you've learned these lessons now yeah i've learned the lessons and uh Honestly, the best help that I got was networking with people and meeting people that worked for contractors and them actually letting me know what some people were charging in the business. And it was an eye opener. It's like, oh, crap. Now, are they, um, are there, are framers open to sharing? Framers aren't, no. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like they're, they're very, this is my bubble. This is what I've grown. You can ask me about anything else. You can ask me about tools I have, blades I use, hammers I use, all that stuff. But don't ask me about numbers, man. Yeah. But GCs, they do, depending on the level of the GC and where they work and how they... I think in the back of the head of a GC is like, are you going to become my competition at some point? Yeah. There's still... That, that ringing right. is there, right? For sure. For sure. So you got to be cautious about it, right? But yeah. is that with you now when you get a younger person coming up to you and they're in that position that you were? And they start asking you questions about your business. Are you thinking that? Or are you thinking, I'm going to help this kid out? Help. That's it, help right? Do you know, we don't have competition anymore. And where I'm from up in Simcoe County, all my competition are my friends. And I'd gladly recommend them to anyone. And we do. Like, if we can't do all the work, Ryan will do it. Or Dave will do it. Or Jamie will do it. You know, we pass. We have no competition anymore. It's the best way to look at it. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of work out there. And there's not a lot of us doing it anymore believe it or not well, i know you know it's come up all the time right yeah. we, we talk about it all the time and and i mean how many guys on the crew with you right now right now it's just two just two yeah eh? we're super small for the past year and uh hopefully on monday i got a few resumes i got to go through and then by april we want to be at like five or six but the work that's coming in has got to be more than two like for for two i mean oh yeah yeah so how do you handle that stress well i'm not taking on like everything like I used to. I used to say yes to everything and have four or five things going on at once. And Who's coming at you first? GCs, homeowners, designers, all of them? Both. Yeah, all all of them. So you're getting bombarded with messages, texts, calls. Well, we're, it's slow. It's been a slow winter. Yeah. Even though it's been a nice winter, I guess people just kind of backtrack yeah, a tiny bit. Slow. Like we were so slammed all fall, all Christmas break. And then January, it's just like super quiet out there. We're going to by the end of February, we'll be back to being slammed. But there's a weird little lull going on right now. And 
Take advantage of it, man. I know, absolutely. I'm not complaining. Because normally it would be bitter cold in February yep. and uh, lots of snow, and you might have a job and you'll have to be shoveling plywood. Yeah, well, you know, that's part of the game, and I'm used to that. That's not why I don't want to work in the winter. Like, I worked in the Yukon for a long time in the winter. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> How many provinces have you hit Like, and, and territories? Because I know you've been up to the Yukon, right? Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of work in the Yukon, a lot of work in northern BC, all over the lower mainland of BC. Um, I've built a house in Saskatchewan, renovated one. I've done Calgary, a couple different places in Alberta, Northern Ontario. I, I haven't, I don't think I've built anything out East. Nothing in the East coast, I don't eh? think so. No. Not Quebec? No. Nothing in Quebec? No. I thought about moving my business to Montreal for a while, but that would be a tough one. <laughs> CCQ. What's that? The uh, organized mafia of construction. I know. Anybody who's listening, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's just a shame how they don't really focus on inspecting businesses or job sites. Mm. They just focus on acquiring money on a certain monthly basis or whatever, yeah. per, or per project, right? Yeah. Depending on who's on, on your job site, right? Yeah. It's just a funny system there. I yeah. don't understand how that system yeah. works, how... If you're licensed to do one thing, you can only do that one thing. You can't touch another thing. You have to get licensed for that. And I think you're cap out at three or something like that. Oh, really? All the Quebec guys will correct me on that. It's something to do with that. Oh. So if you're a framer, you can only frame. But if they see you start tiling or doing something like that, you can get fined for it. Really? That's the CCQ mafia thing. Oh, so shit. I didn't know I just like, And I guess a lot of guys do it. They, they like it. But because they don't really get bothered. Yeah. Other than that. And I look at it like, that's a big bother. Yeah. It is, especially for West Coast guys moving out. Like, we're used to doing the whole house. Everybody hands, like, every, all hands on deck. Yeah. that's We all work together. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you step off on a job site, whether it's here or there or all over the country, the people the same? Everyone has the same kind of, like, everyone knows what's, what's going on. Like, we all, as soon as you introduce everybody, like, this is what I do, this is what I know, and we just go rock and roll? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the Yukon's a bit different. In what way? Um, well, there isn't any money there. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, like... I, Everybody's shipped in. Shipped in, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, my client in the Yukon flies us out happily from Ontario to come build anytime we want. It's just... there's It's that hard to get people. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people are generally the same. Uh, the Yukon can be a bit unwelcoming for us when we're up there building. In what way? Uh, that were like not foreigners, but out of town work. Out they of towners. Keep, yeah, they want to keep the work. But if there's the nobody economy. there to do the work, it's not so much that there is nobody there. It's that that's the quality of work. There's lots of people that want a laborer job, but there's not a lot of skilled. Got it. Laborers up there. So like the Kwanlun Dun is the. Um, tribe up there, or I don't know, the band council that kind of runs the Yukon more so than the Canadian government when it comes to okay. building. I'm not familiar with it, so okay. Yeah, Quantum Don are the powerhouse of the Yukon. Okay. And uh, so, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but my experience is that when we got the work up there, we had to start at the end of November. Didn't matter what we do. People are like, you crazy? You're going up to the Yukon in November? Like, it's, like, not even inches of snow. It's feet of snow. Yeah, and I think they're just, like, a little bit TO'd that they got to give the work away, and they're just like, here, have it. You can do it in the wintertime. So everything I've ever done is in the dark and in minus 40 and cold up there. Shortest and days and everything. And then yeah, and they just can 
if you don't have a good contractor up there that's out of BC, you're not going to get much help. Is the ringing of the generator still going on or what? Like, yeah. it's yeah. got to be loud, like, just to do it in, okay, I'm a little <laughs> comfortable, right? That's yeah. what I'm figuring. Yeah. Looking for cutting-edge solutions for your spray foam needs? Look no further than Elastichem Specialty Chemicals. With a remarkable track record spanning over three decades, Elastichem stands as an industry-leading supplying contractors across Canada with top-grade closed-cell, open-cell, and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme. Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed-cell product. Time is precious, and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane Spray Foam Products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at 187-787-2436. But I mean, if you want to grow and you got a client that's from here that's building there, like these are... No, no. So the company I used to work for in Vancouver... Um, I was a foreman for them. Yep. And uh, we were, we kind of split the company into the Yukon. So there was a crew up in the Yukon that was always doing something. And then they kept smaller jobs in yeah. Vancouver for guys when they would want to come home. And uh, I forgot the question. What was that? <laughs> no, it, <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of myself, man. Um the guy that was working, or he brought you up there. So oh, he's yes. from Ontario, and he's sending you up there because no, he's from he, Vancouver. From Vancouver, they're, they're sorry, Vancouver from Vancouver. Company. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a small company, like ten guys, and we build. Well, what are you building things. up there? High schools, hospitals. So a lot of commercial, industrial stuff. Commercial, yeah, no residential. Yeah, so it's all big uh, government jobs, mostly. And uh, there's like ten guys in the company, and like maybe three or four of us would be working at a time, maybe two. And the other guys are on vacation. We're always doing turnaround. So when I decided to move home, because I was spending too much time in the dark in the north, and my family's all from Ontario. So I moved home, and that was pretty hard for them to lose me because we just didn't have guys yeah. that they could leave there. Yeah. Lots of guys that will go up and work with you, but a skilled foreman is pretty hard to find that would want to go up there. How long are you going up there for? Like, what's, what's the max before you start realizing, hang on, I need a break from this? Yeah. Um, they would just let us lose our mind up there. It was like, you could just pick up the phone and be like, I need to go home tonight. And they'd have a plane ride for you. Cause we would work months. Nobody wanted to do a two week shift cause the pay was so good. So most of the guys on our team would have competitions of who could stay up there the longest and being the foreman. And I'd had to kind of babysit all the guys. I kind of started to cap it after eight weeks. Because guys get That's a really testy yeah. after eight weeks. So Everybody saw, bunking with each other? Yeah. yeah. That's Sometimes another I had hole. a hotel room. Yeah. Um, depending on the project, I tried my best to have my own accommodations. But a lot of times we're renting out houses. Um, now they have uh, staff accommodations at the yard. They bought and built a a little motel for the guys to stay in. It's just interesting that a small crew is going up there to to build big items. It's wild. It's wild. Which is like, that's not the norm here or even on the lower side of the entire country. It's no. like always a massive crew, yeah. massive machinery yeah. to build these items. And yeah, you guys we, are a small crew. Small crew, but we had uh, the largest self-erecting crane in the Yukon, the biggest man lift in the Yukon, got them sent up. And because of having those, we got every job. So we could keep up. We would prefab stuff in our yard as much as we could. 
truck it downtown or wherever we're building in Whitehorse and crane it all in with our own crane. So we were efficient. What's the in-flight movie when you guys are flying out of there? Alive? <laughs> the gray. <laughs> I can only, or the gray. The yeah, gray, even the gray. That used to stress me out. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Because I can only imagine you're landing and taking off snow, snow. Oh, yeah. In the dark, in the snow, and blizzards, like, just wild. And to get home, I'd have to fly through Northwest Territories to Yellowknife and then to, like, Winnipeg, these weird routes just to get. I've seen some of the pictures that you were sharing. It's just, yeah. it's like, it's just like snow mountain terrain. Yeah. And you know how small of a speck we are yeah. on that image of that oh, landscape. The, the Klondike is crazy. Yeah, it's unsettling, some of those small plane rides. You're just tense going out <laughs> of there, right? Yeah. Prop planes? They're all prop planes. Some, yeah, but mostly, for the most part, we worked in Whitehorse, so you could get, like, a smaller, I don't know what they are. Okay. But it's not a prop plane. Um, Air North was a great airline. But those little planes going up either to Dawson or into the community's mail, those are sketchy. Yeah. How the pilots? Don't know, never talk to them. They're just as reflective as the plane? That they probably in? love it. They just, it gets adrenaline high probably, yeah. eh? Yeah, my brother's a pilot and he's flying all over Hawaii and it's like the most dangerous flights in the world because of the inter-island, the um, turbulence. Yeah. He loves it. Loves it. But he'd be one of those guys. He'd be happy to fly in the Kondek. <laughs> I guess all the tools and everything get shipped up before you guys and you guys are just rocking, like everything's there ready for you. Material-wise? there, yeah. We, uh, probably the first year I was up there, we bought a yard. Built a big shop. Everything's up there. Um, took years to slowly be train everything up, but most of the Vancouver inventory is in the Yukon now. Do people, like, how do I say this without, well, you're going to offend a bunch of people. I'm just like, the people who schedule these jobs, the thickness of their skin to adapt to these conditions is nowhere near than what your skin is like to adapt to these conditions, to work in these conditions. Do the people that pull off these jobs to give you guys employment, do they realize what you guys are physically and mentally going through? I think the locals in the Yukon do, but for do, the most yes. part, there's a big lack of empathy in construction for the guys that are getting down and dirty outside every single day. Um, I'd agree. Who do you, what do you mean by the people that are well, scheduled? Well, the, the executives that are actually organizing these projects and, and I guess the funding is happening. I don't, it's not all happening locally. There's not someone that's stepping on the job site and like, okay, we're going to build a school here. We're going to build here. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're in a, I, I guess for lack of a better word, they're in a nice cozy environment making these decisions. Yeah. And then you guys are in the bitter elements out there yeah. surviving these conditions. And it's like, you don't even have an opportunity to say, minus 40, 50, and, like, really, really cold, and uh, how are we supposed to work? Like, we can't work a full day here, but we have to work a full day because yeah. you guys, you have to finish it at a certain time, right? Yeah. Yep. There's that, that, I guess that contrast, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think for the most part, my experience is that the people running the job up there are the Kwanlin Dunn. They're locals. They've been living there. So they get lives. it. They get it. Yeah. But it's the Vancouver office. They don't, they get, don't it. get it. And those are where our engineers and architects are. So when I'm calling and they're delaying me, slowing me up, and I need a um, an RFI, 
they're a little too slow. And I'm like, I'm freezing up here. I get, <laughs> I get pictures them with their feet up on their desk and just like, give me a second. I got to just reach over my space heater. I got to yeah. increase it about two degrees because yeah. it's a little chilly in the office today. Yeah. Yeah. And you're freezing out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The That's what I'm envisioning. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because the about my second year in, I started to see the same inspectors on our job sites, which are flown in from Vancouver because out west, your engineer has to... Wow, they must look inspect. like a polar bear eh? with their Canada. Oh, they're in leather jackets, jacket. not a leather. No, jacket. really, they're not nice even prepared shoes. for it. Yeah, and they get up and they're like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "See what you? What do you think we're doing up here?" You know, you see them in the bar at, at night after having wings, and they, that, now they get it. <laughs> so it was nice. We got the same guys coming up all the time, and um, you know what? They they would realize that their trips will be a little bit shorter and easier if their communication is better in the office. So it just took a few years. Mm. How many years did you do that for? I was in the Yukon for four. That's a long run, man. Yeah, North. I was in BC for nine years. So four of them were in the Yukon. How is BC building these there or then? How was it? Still big structures, big buildings. Oh, yeah. BC, Vancouver is its own building code. It's its own construction amenity out there. Like yeah. There's trades out there that you never heard of. So, um, But the common thing is like carpenters are very respected. It's a noble, good job. There's most of the kids you get hiring are apprentices. Here we never, we don't get any apprentices. No, it's like why, why bother? You can get a job anyways. But out there, kids go to school for it. They grow up wanting to be a carpenter, but they do the forming, they do the framing, they're building stairs, they're doing like finished siding, wood siding on it. Like they take pride in their work, so it's a respected job out there. But um, complicated like nothing is easy a little tiny house is quite like, side you know, of something seismic yeah the, the seismic the hold downs uh the strapping like that's why um your engineer has to come and inspect before the municipality does yeah but yeah it's cool like it steps up your game if you want to learn go you, out west you'll learn a lot yeah I almost feel like it's treated as if like the European, the UK way. It is. Right? Exactly. Versus here, it's not the it's same. Not. It's not. Everyone passes the buck and they only want to do the bare minimum and get in another company to do that. Whereas out west, it's like, how much of this scope can we get? Well, you're also rare, Ryan, too. It's like you tackle every bit of a structure because you do full rentals, you do full builds, you take care of that, but you're also doing the framing, you're doing concrete, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Most framers are framers. Yeah. Most concrete are concrete. Yeah. Like, but why, why do you, why do you want to, you just keep busy? You're staying busy. Or don't? Why me? Yeah. Um, because of the spending my time out West, like I loved it. Like I went from framing houses in Ontario to moving out West and starting concrete and then kind of adapting to concrete really quick because framing houses is pretty close to the same idea. You know, it's cutting wood and forming and reading plans. Bigger beams. Yeah. But it was awesome. And, uh, I took to it quickly and I, I I battled whether I wanted to start a framing company back home or a concrete company okay. and why not do what I've been doing for eight years out West and do them both. So it's, uh, it's just, it's more fun. It's more entertaining. I don't like framing. Just framing, just framing all day. Why? Like, am I wrong? And I mean, I'm not going to piss off the framers out there, but it just seems like the TGIs and the LVLs and the engineer roof trusses. It's, um, Where's the artistry? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. There's no creative input. Yeah. Instead yeah. of a hand cut, yeah. you know, roof 
and then beams a certain way. Like it, I, I feel like the artistry is gone from there where you put into, and I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss, mm -hmm. dismiss the framing trade as, as its own. Right. But the thing is like, you know, material arrives on the site, all of it's there, right there. It's, it's, it's almost like a plug and play. You just mm -hmm. get it done. You move on to the next Absolutely. one. Absolutely. You're, most of the guys here have never seen one of their houses drywalled. So That's like, a weird feeling. You know? It is. It's a weird feeling. I've always hated that about this industry, yeah. that the first ones in, which are great, the first ones in are most likely to always get paid in full because all the money's front end, right? Yeah. You get opportunities of money not being on the back end. Mm -hmm. But it's true that you get a lot of the concrete framers, roofers, all the way up until drywall. They don't ever get to see the finished house. No. Ever. Yeah. I always bothered the hell out of me. Yeah, it's quite rewarding now being able to bring a house Everybody. right up to turnkey. And yeah. Well, we don't do houses, but additions and renos. But that's when you really start to learn. You're like, oh, that's what that looks like covered. Or you can't cover it like that. Like, um, yeah, it's the best way to see the your work and its functionality. How hungry is the trade today about building smarter sustainability wise like do they really care to learn good ways of doing things better or are they just focus on building things true and plumb and move on to the next stage yeah, i think that's that's it really yeah. Yeah. yeah so that conversation of green or lead or sustainability that's all left for the engineers and the homeowners yeah and, and it, it did get popular for a while and i thought for sure that was the future of everything we we're going to do here but i don't know what happened because we're still building these subdivisions inefficiently, yeah. shitty, yeah, and it's a huge industry, and guys love it. If you can go in and frame four houses in a month, it's good. If you can keep your crew small, because those move, houses move. don't pay a lot, no. And you got four or five guys, you got to crank them out, yeah. And who wants a house that was built in four days? My mom always said that to me when I come home bragging, "We built the house in a week." She's just shaking her head. Like who wants to live in that? 19 way? weeks is the magic number that I heard yeah. when I got into construction. A subdivision home from the time that you break ground yeah. to the time that they give the key, 19 yeah, weeks. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Like, I think that's too fast. Yeah, way too fast. I think you need to, a house needs to sit for a little bit of a period of time in between certain stages, yeah. right? Man, as a framer and somebody, I would love a week from when I'm done framing to the electrician or drywaller comes in of just quiet, nothing. And really go over it. I don't get the opportunity. By the time the last sheet's on the roof, the wires are being pulled through our walls. <laughs> the fucking shinglers are on us. You You're know? like literally hammering the last sheet and the plumber's throwing the vent oh, hole yeah. right through, right? And then... <laughs> Anybody like, there on the other side? Yeah. No? Okay. A good site super or project manager will slow that process down without killing the schedule. For that reason. For that reason. Yeah. If I look over and a guy has not put a hip addition transition into an old roof nicely i can fucking see it under the shingle yeah you will and i tell a guy like we need to slow down like these guys are sh literally shingling over a sheet i just laid like it's wild that's no fun it's a lot of stress it's hard to it's it's hard to quality control since 2015 groove has been built off the foundation of experience innovation and the continued desire to evolve how work is done even after the trade has mastered it
The people at Groove have more than 40 years of experience in the drywall and construction industry. Their commitment to both the growth of the company and the individuals Groove simply calls clients is unparalleled. Their mission is to empower builders, designers, and architects with the freedom to build on their designs, to encompass creativity in all of their projects without sacrificing quality, efficiency, or affordability. They accomplish this by providing production-focused solutions and design workflows that allow builders to overcome their construction limitations through drywall. They see drywall in a different way. Innovate, inspiration, integrity. Groove Industries. Check out Groove Industries at www.grooveind.com and on social at grooveind and reach out to them on their email orders at grooveind.com or steve at grooveind.com and andre j at grooveind.com and also their phone number is 416-629-3756 is it because you you're not given the time or you're not given the money or is it both yeah maybe both okay yeah but i ever since i started my business i try not to think about the money like the first four years of my business i just cared about as building as many relationships and clients as i could because I wasn't going to put all my chips with one guy in case something happened to him. Yep. So I just Smart. wanted as, as many builders on my roster as possible and to teach three or four good guys. That was my goal for years. I didn't really worry about the money until I was like years into this. I, mean, I should be making a little more. Like we're working hard. We're turning out a great product. People like us. Um, so that's when I just had to like take a step back and be better at business. Am I right to say that the West Coast framers are being paid more than the East Coast or Ontario? Yeah, they are, but their scopes are just wildly it's different. It's different, right? Yeah, it's so wildly different. Like, the hold downs are crazy. They're so time-consuming. The fascia is time-consuming because you put two-by-four sub-fascia on and then that one-by-ten hardy board, inch and an eight, shit, all the way that's finished. You're now a finished carpenter on the roof. If you're lucky, you're on a boom doing this. Yeah, we never were. But you're not. You're on an <laughs> angle looking down, yeah, down on the side. But then it's like one by ten, and then they put a decorative, like, half inch by five yeah. board on top of that to give it dimension. Yeah. There's a lot of work in those houses. Of course. Yeah. So, so that's yeah, where the cost make, comes in. They make more money. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so where did you get all your schooling from, just on site, meeting other people? Yeah, just on site and being left alone. To like, figure it out to your yeah, own devices kind of yeah, mentality. When, when I switched from residential to commercial and went up to the Yukon, like I had no help. I remember my first trip up there, I was dropped off at a hotel with a roll of plans that were about 200 pages. It was fucking metric. I didn't even know what metric was. I'm like, I got my Stanley Fat Max here. Like, I, what do I do? I don't know what 400 mils is. I had to learn There's everything. no Siri. There's no Siri to change no, it. Yeah, no reception. <laughs> the tears started coming, and I was like, all right. Like, the only way I'm going to make it out of this is just to learn quick. So you open them up and just... Oh, yeah. The guys would be drinking beers, and I'd have the plans on the kitchen table. Just... Stressed. Take the beer bottle, put it on there. The radius is about, yeah, yeah exactly. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, learning metric and learning all that was my, my biggest kick in the ass. Yeah, so after a few years of that, it made everything make sense. You come home and you build a house in Ontario, it's pretty basic. Um, you don't find it funny that we're taught in school metric, but then in the construction industry, you're thrown into Imperial. I don't even remember being taught metric. 
I remember being taught yeah. metric. I just never absorbed it because yeah. I was already being taught imperial through my dad through a bricklayer's oh. tape measure, right? Yeah. But then the whole industry and their argument is like, here's the drawings. They're a metric, yeah. right? So it's like, you should be doing it. But then even the building department will always give you metric and imperial. Yeah. So you have both options. But now you're just, all you've done is confuse the drawings even more. You got twice as many figures on yeah. there. Yeah. And I have to follow the yellow brick road on which figure I'm going to follow to work on. Yeah. But then all of our material is showing up in me, in Imperial. Imperial, yeah. Yeah, it gets confusing. Um, but I will say that once you, like building on a, a, a commercial project, metric is so nice. It's metric. Yeah, but it is nice. Once you figure that out, it's, it's I don't know why it's so much more accurate. Your framing is just tighter. It's nicer. Responsibilities, I guess, associated with the structure. Liability. Like you were saying earlier, homes are being built too fast. Mm -hmm. These structures have to be built correctly. Yeah. Because of the volume of people, I guess, going through there. Yeah. Like we usually on any project have three inspections on framing. So not like here, a guy walks through and is like, "Mm, I don't put a block there. You missed a point load. They don't really look. (laughs) Um, But they fail you just so they can have a little chip on their shoulder and teach you something. (laughs) On like the littlest thing or something? Littlest thing. Yeah. Two weeks ago. We failed uh, an inspection on a deck for the stairs landing on pavers. Okay. Because it was spec to land on pavers. And yeah. we just wanted one tap con in the stairs into the up an inch and a half paver. You wanted a tap con, t- the stringer tap con into the paver. The pavers, yeah. They're individually lo- laid pavers. Yeah. So Where's the structural note attached to that? No, it didn't, but I failed. So the client, right, failed. I'm like, no, it didn't fail. And the reason on the fail is because there was no top con on the tap stringer cons. attached to the paver. Yeah. So I took a picture of a big blue top con. And wow. <laughs> he was just being a pain or she yeah, was they, being a pain? Yeah, most of them are. Yeah? And I get Why it, can't they just walk around and go, man, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's well, they clean. said this is a beautiful project. Like, it looks great, but come on, you need to fasten those stairs to the paver. Okay. Where is Anything gonna, you want. Where's it going to go? Well, <laughs> if it were to uplift, it's going to take the pavers with it oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Lucky he didn't break the paver. <laughs> I'd always wanted to see like inspectors' homes, eh? See how their homes are. Or just watch them build something. Or watch them build something. Yeah, that would be nice. Because I think the majority of them don't yeah. know how to build something. No, no idea. It's one thing to read drawings and one thing to see codes that are in the code book. Yeah. But not every code is actually makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I think I was just having this conversation with uh, an inspector because uh, I brought up the fact that I've never seen the cove concrete at the footing to the wall right and he and he goes i noticed that you brought this up manny i never seen it on site i've seen it in drawings but i never seen it on site then he brought up this note and he was saying that it's required in block foundation wall but not concrete or icf walls but in the drawing you still have that cove there between the wall and the footing but i've never seen an inspector pointed out to me and said well i've never done a concrete block or icf either i've only done concrete Four. Oh, so I'm not required to have that cove there, right? Yeah. But he was bringing it up. What and do you I'm, mean, like a keyway? Not a keyway for the wall, an actual cove here. So your membrane or your waterproofing is supposed to go. Got you. Okay. Right. Damn but it. in the draw, yeah, yeah. damp proofing. So that in the drawing, it's actually indicated in the drawing. The architect or the engineer, they draw out that cove. Oh, never seen that. I've never seen it on yeah. a site. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Have you done a concrete block foundation wall? Yeah. According to the book, it's there. You're supposed to have it on a block wall, not on a concrete pour or ICF. 
I always run my blue skin down the wall anyway. or my dimple wrap anyways down the footing. Even if you bring it down and you tighten it to the corner and you bring it over to the footing and bring it to the face of the footing, yeah. water's not going to penetrate. No. Moisture's not going to no. penetrate there. Yeah. You making a little you know, skateboard ramp there doesn't do anything. Yeah, you would think they would tell you to clean that up, cut it, and tuck it in. <laughs> like. So it's just like have a little understanding of the tradespeople that are on site mm-hmm. and we get what's drawn but you can't necessarily always build exactly what's drawn. Mm-hmm. It's not a car that you're selling to mass, ma- you know, the masses yeah. and all of a sudden like, oh, this door looks a little different or something like that. No, it's a custom home. Every home's a custom home. Yeah. Yeah. Can, I'll get some letters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Get, I'll get some DMs <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, well, you know what? Then get on the show, guys. And yeah. let's talk about this shit. Like, yeah. I mean, like, sh- get on the show and like, Give me all the pictures of things that you built. I want to see what you built, yeah. and let's talk about you. And let me be the inspector on yeah. your on your yeah. job site That'd now. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'd be like, I see a few code violations yeah. there right now. Yeah. TCL violations. Yeah, that's what it'll be, man. We're uh, we're getting quite lucky though with seeing like the same inspectors on our projects, and they're just like, oh, hey, what's up? And the they with a little explanation if there's something they're worried about. That's all they need. Yeah. You know, a little talk about it. But when I'm not there or something, there's someone new. God, it could be anything. It could be anything. But you don't want to get too friendly where all of a sudden you have a whole camera roll of uh, party pictures at the end of uh, a job site or something like that. And he's in that picture with you guys, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. All these projects got passed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you like ICF? Speaking of which. Yeah, I did. Was it easy for you to embrace? No. No, like. It was weird to embrace. Yeah. Traditional concrete forming is just, uh, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um, ICF kind of just feels like cheating, but it's nice. It's nice. And I get the purpose of it. And you know what? Depending on the situation, like I probably do it on my own house. Yeah. But there's just something about concrete. I love it. There's something about like really nicely poured concrete, especially when you strip them. Oh, God, and you the see best it feeling, when it's done really well i'm not yeah. talking about you know any voids or anything like that but yeah. i mean like if you see it really poured well and you strip it and you're like looks nice man yeah it's that's the best feeling and like my guys love it strip day is the best day because you're not getting yelled at there's not you're not laying out there's it's not poor day poor day is hectic stress stripping is just crank the tunes smash the stuff apart clean up nice and it looks awesome it's it's rewarding but then you get onto the next stage, which is the first floor, and then you start building. Yeah, but building on your concrete's the it's best. The best, yeah. Like that's the unless you didn't do the best job, and you're like, buddy. No, no. But <laughs> if you did it, that's why it's like you've got an advantage where you're you're starting from the beginning to the end, right? Yeah. So you can only kick yourself if you didn't put those forms correctly. Yeah. And laid them out correctly. So. Yeah. And it's also really satisfying to have a really nicely squared foundation. Beautiful beautiful because that's the first thing that any framer does when they get on their site and they start squaring it up and trying to figure out how off is it yeah and when it's not they're like it's rock and roll man yeah yeah it doesn't have to be perfect like we grew up complaining about our concrete foundations just to pass the buck you know but there's too many good tools and lasers that square your floors for you so there's a lot of um forgiveness i guess in a lot of the stages of construction, not just foundation, not framing, just a, a lot of the stages, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still dumbfounded sometimes on hanging drywall on certain studs that shouldn't have been installed in that wall. You know what I mean? And I'm still dumbfounded about the trick that drywallers do when they cut a stud. Oh, yeah. Cut a stud uh, or throw a shim in it. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm yeah. like, what about the structural integrity of that stud? Yeah, nail? we were taught that years ago. <laughs> just carve it up, <laughs> sink a nail in it. Yeah. Uh, we're doing something else there. I think something else bad is going to possibly happen. As yeah. Drywall straight. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Doesn't as work. long as it looks good, right? Do you like the handcuff roof? You do them a lot or no? Yeah. I'd, I'd say probably done more handcuffs than truss in the last two years because we kind of switched to renos. The renos. So you're tying in. Yeah, you're tying in. Which so. is now you start racking in numbers in your yeah. head. Like when they do trusses on a, an addition, there's like six, seven trusses, and then the rest you're tying in. Like, what's the point? So you might as well just hand cut it. Yeah, you might as well. It's fun as a carpenter who just loves it. That's it's a blast hand cutting a roof. It's awesome. You get, um, and I got nothing against it. You get flack for the rigid. What do you mean? The miter. On on your site. Isn't that what you're using these days, or what? no? Rigid yeah, tools. A, no, a rigid miter saw. Is that not what I saw? No. I th- oh no, really. I could have swore I saw a rigid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. that <laughs> yeah, That's my one rigid thing. No, that's I what have. I mean. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, yeah. I was going to bring it up, and there's still a Diablo blade on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like thinking. We use that for blocks. That's what I figured. Yeah, just little blocks. Yeah, chopping yeah. it up. When you got a new kid, watching him pull out his tape and square and cut blocks is too painful. So I make him a jig, <laughs> set up the chop saw. And that's a good way to like pump a kid up. Yeah. So here's your cut list. Just yes. go at it for a little while. Yes. They're like, they're not getting yelled at. They love it. Sitting in a corner, chopping. It's great. Getting comfortable. It's it's a okay saw. It's a great blade. Mm-hmm. Go to town. Get us the material that we need. Yep. Simple as that, right? Yep. Yeah, I do actually have a rigid table saw. Damn. I've got two <laughs> rigid tools. No, but I'm not faulting it. And I was having this conversation with somebody else because uh, I, I gave him a compressor of mine. I was like, dude, I'm not using this anymore, right? Take mm-hmm. it. But the valve was broken off, right? So yep. you just got to change that valve, yep. right? It's like a um, 30 or 40 gallon one that i had right yeah. it's it's a good compressor it's a pig or whatever but yeah. it's loud and it takes yeah. forever to fill yeah. and i was like dude i don't use it anymore take it away i don't want it right <laughs> so take it. and then i saw him that he was getting rid of it too because it was too loud for him yeah. and it's taking up too much space and i was like yeah that's what i meant that's why yeah. i got rid of it yeah. and uh and and then we got into the whole back and forth like, why you have such a hate towards dewalt i was like i don't have a hate towards dewalt i have you a hate do, towards Manny. i have a hate towards <laughs> all of them i have a love towards all of them and i just said listen everybody as long as the tool works for you. That's right. Simple. They're all the That's same. That's why I, I didn't say I have a hate towards rigid. Listen, yeah. when I got started, my whole arsenal was rigid. Yeah. Because of the lifetime warranty. Yeah. They were shit. Yeah. And I was constantly replacing them. Yeah. And the batteries would take about maybe two hours to charge. And they sounded like a vacuum when they were charging. Mm. But then I chose whichever brand I was going to go. Yeah. Right. So, but you got, I mean, first of all, you got to give credit to you where you Hitachi nailers, right? The only nailer. That's it. Thank you. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it, yeah. It's the best one. And I know that a lot of you guys in this industry, you hunt and scour through the whole digital landscape to find parts. Or if you can, find, be lucky enough to find another one. Yeah. And, and to get it. I just buy every Hitachi I see at the pawn shops in my town just for parts. Um, we probably buy two, three new ones a year, the full metal ones, but there's no other nailer like it. Like the pass hold's not as good. And that air nailer becomes like your arm. You know, some guys don't put it down all day. No. <laughs> so that's, that. you got to have good feel with your gun. Skill saw, maybe, but they're still all the same. It's the guy operating the saw, not the saw. Yeah. And as long as it's a worm of some sort, yeah. you want to go corded, cordless or whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't yeah. care what color it is. Yeah. But I think when it comes to the nailers, that's why when I start seeing a lot of online and everyone's talking about 
the new features of any new nailer that comes out, you can still put it up against this old one mm-hmm. and it still doesn't do as well. No, I, d- I don't even have any of the new nailers. I don't have a, a battery one. I don't use them. I, I, I don't think I'll give up my compressor for a long time. Why do you love the Hitachi so much? Because uh, they fall off the roof all the time. Like we use new hooks. Shout out to new hook. Yeah, we love them. But, but they're great. Shit happens and they fall all day long. And it's not so bad when I drop it. But when my guys are dropping shit all day, I get a little like easy on the tools, boys. But the Hitachi holds up. It holds up. You pick it up. It holds up all the time. And it doesn't jam. Uh, it's easy it's, to maintain too, isn't it? It's easy to maintain. And the mag just is pretty universal for all those stupid cheap nails they're making these days that aren't the 37 degree for a pass load. Yeah, whatever the stupid whatever thing it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Pass loads are nice, but they're, they need to be serviced all the time. Um, and they're expensive to service. Hey, architects and builders. Do you want to stand out from the competition? Fraser Wood Siding has your back. Fraser Wood Siding is a leader in pre-finished wood siding. They manufacture beautiful pre-finished wood siding using only the highest quality PEFC certified Canadian softwood. Fraser Wood Siding is available in 17 profiles and unlimited colors. Fraser Wood Siding is available in 17 profiles and unlimited colors. Supplied by the global leader in paints, Sherwin Williams. Whether your design taste is classic, contemporary, conservative, or bold, they've got you covered. They'll gladly match the color of any paint manufacturer and send a sample on an actual piece of Fraser Wood Siding in just a few days. Visit their website at www.fraserwoodsiding.com and reach out about your upcoming projects to benefit from their industry-leading lead times. Fraser Wood Siding, get inspired. That gas just has an, an odd smell off gas. I love that smell. You love that smell? Yeah. I'm asphalt. Yeah. I'm with that, the same way with asphalt. Yeah, asphalt's I, a good one. I love that asphalt. impulse smell, I do use my impulse, but not too often. That's okay. if I'm just doing a quick back frame. I'm in and out, but I don't use them to frame. But miter-wise, yeah. You know what? I'll be honest. DeWalt's miter is a good miter. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, it's yep. a good miter. Yep. Rails, for sure. Yep. Never in this to the front rails. Yeah, like if it's not a battery thing, I'll buy whatever tool. But I try to stick to Milwaukee because of my batteries. I've spent too much money on batteries. On the batteries, right? Yeah. yeah. Milwaukee's are like, batteries are getting like the size of bricks. And oh, yeah. The, the, I use the 12s that are like $400 and they weigh 10 pounds. <laughs> but I like that weight on my worm drive skill saw. I don't like the light little battery. You don't have to worry about anything other than just keeping it straight. Yeah, yeah. The the weight holds it straight. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The, it does the job. Yeah. Well, it's what the tool is supposed to do, right? Yeah. Nothing like listening to a new guy just make a blade scream because it's oh, stuck. God. The blade the blade stops spinning, but he's still pushing. Oh, I can hear that from. Oh yeah, anybody can hear that. And I'm just like, God, stop. <laughs> yeah, I can hear when their guns are out of nails. I can hear all their bad cuts and I come running around a corner. Like, how'd you know? Like I can hear it all brother. (laughs) Did uh, you follow Tim pound for pound? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. He did a story a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I think where he's mentioned how they should start color coding the heads of the nails. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's a good idea. I thought it was a great idea. Inspectors. It's not so much. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But the inspectors that you can clearly see, they make us pull a nail to see what kind of nail it is. I'm like, God, I, so I leave them on a draw and I'm like, pull it yourself. And you can see what I use this whole thing. But That's why when he said the color, I was like, that makes sense. It to does me, make man. sense. Yeah. But like me, I buy the pretty cheap nails. Yeah. Whatever. You buy a skid of whatever, yeah, right? So you have it, <laughs> but then they, they like, why not just spend the effort to just color them? Right? Yeah. So I hope it wouldn't be too much more money, but 
yeah, I like that idea. I thought it was a clever He's idea. He's a smart guy. I like yeah, that no, guy. totally. It's, it's like it, it made a lot of sense, and I was like looking at it through the inspector's eyes, right? Yeah. Because the inspector would be thinking, there's no way these guys went by there and just nail polished every single head just mm-hmm. to make that, yeah. to get away with this, right? Yeah. They would have just chosen the color coded. But maybe yeah. a brand's listening that makes these nails. Yeah, let's go. In China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Tim, uh, Tim's like, yeah, one of my favorite accounts on there. I kind of model the same kind of business plan. I'm not building big houses in Whistler like he is, but we're doing concrete. We're doing the framing. Yeah, he's, West tackle, Coast yeah he's tackling a lot of And yeah. he's also building up against rock. Oh, yeah. like That's fun. That's that, awesome. It's challenging, man. It is. I like that. I like. We're going to put a house crazy. here. Hell, yeah. <laughs> and right. Where? Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some dynamite and start blasting some holes. Just lots of guys. That's yeah. the fun thing about, I guess, out west. Like you get these opportunities where yeah. this is where we want the house. Yep. But he also, it's like you you understand it once you start seeing the framing and everything starts being put together, you start seeing the views. Yeah. And you have that as well too. Like you start seeing what the homeowners are going to see when the home is finished. Yeah, a lot of places in Muskoka are like that. Yeah. That Canadian Shield up there is gnarly to build on. Like we're not down a mountainside, but it's. But all you still got to break some of it. Yeah, you got to bust it all up. That's fun. I said, I guess, man, that's why you guys get into the business. So you get an opportunity to like, can we blow this up? Can we carve it out? Yeah, can we like cool. jackhammer, yeah. break it? Pour some concrete and then smash the forms off. Let's get go. the engineer on here and go, what are we, what are we doing here? And yeah. you're standing there with a stick of dynamite ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going that far. We're just yeah. going to cut it a tiny bit, scrape it or something, anchor it. Yeah. All kinds of stuff, man. Um, are there any OBC things that bother you? OBC? Yeah, Ontario. Well, the Ontario building code oh, so, here. Um, that bother me? I guess framing-wise, construction-wise, like footing, foundation. It's pretty straight. I mean, I it is. Like, it hasn't changed. No. You know what? In in Oro and like the Barry area, decks have to have Bigfoots on them now. The sauna tubes. I fucking hate Bigfoots. You have to excavate your whole backyard to do your big deck. That's gnarly. What a cost. Decks are like triple the price now when did they introduce bigfoots like i'm, I'm gonna guess maybe 10 yeah i started seeing them 10 years ago but about four years ago they made them mandatory so a 12 inch sauna tube becomes a 24 inch hole yeah so you can park this bigfoot in there and then yeah. fill all that up in yeah good and early i'm sorry when yeah. i met the boys at techno metal post i was like just grind it in a helical give me the certification and i'm done mm-hmm you don't have to dig it anymore at yeah. that point. Helical piles are a godsend. No, yeah. But they're it's not that easy. If the decks are complicated and you have a roof structure on it, it can be a pain in the butt if the guy that installed them didn't do them bang on. Usually I go and lay them out. No, yeah, and that's what I I I've always done that in myself. Crosshairs yeah. are right here. Exactly yeah. right here. Yeah. And even when the first one goes in, we're just making sure no, we're still within a mill. Like this is where I need it, right? Yeah. So we have a little bit of forgiveness on the saddle. Yeah. But that's that's critical. You can't just take the day off and go someplace else. No, you I get calls being from our clients and builders all the time, being like the sauna or the helicals are going in today, so you can have it tomorrow. I'm like, well, I don't want it anymore. No, <laughs> no, like I, I wasn't there to do the layout. It's guaranteed. It's gonna. It's gonna be off. It's gonna be off, it's especially when you got a saddle in there, not the right way. It's like, oh man. What are most? I guess most people are asking for composite decking. Or you, uh, no, you, I guess up north you're going to get a lot of wood, eh? Yeah, a lot of wood. That didn't really catch on huge. No, eh? Not really. Not for me. Like, I know, like, a Muskoka. Not for me. Muskoka and, like, cottage areas where they're just building a big, massive. It's wood. Wood or that fancy, I forget what it's called. 
Ipe. Ipe. Yeah. Yeah. But composite, like in our area, it's not that popular. Because they understand the value of wood, real wood. Or just price. Yeah, but, uh, well, I mean, certain composites are getting more expensive than even high-end decking wood products, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, extremely yeah. expensive, yeah. right? Yeah, so do you want your deck, this is one of the last things you're building on your new home, to be triple the price of just the wood and be done and move in? So, yeah, we, do, we don't do a lot of it. Yeah. No. When you grew up in the industry, did you look up to certain builders? Yeah. Are you still a lot looking? A are on your show. Really? Are you yeah. still, and you, so you're still looking up to them? Absolutely. Really, huh? Yeah. I, I have a good rapport with all my bosses too. Like they're mentors. I, I need them at this stage in my career. Yeah. Um, but like my house growing up was always a construction site. My mom was always tearing down a wall. She was always mudding a new one. She was always painting. She was always building something. So Jim Carrick was always on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> He's our guy in our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, um, that was somebody I looked up to. And thought, yeah, that's a, an appealing job. I want Jim's job. Um, but then there's guys like Mike Holmes. And, sorry. <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. I have respect for Jim. And, and it's funny enough, you bring it up. His uh, Reynolds for Heroes Gala is happening tonight. Uh, his annual event that he's having, right? He's, he's always done that charity, which is great. Legitimate charity. Cool. Uh, and a huge support for uh, the military, Canadian forces. Oh, yeah. And he's always done it. I think it's going on 11 or 12 years now that he's been doing it. Oh. Uh, yeah, no. And, and I've, I've had, as you heard, I've had him on the show several times. And we've yeah. had great conversations on and off the show. Yeah. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge, man. He's yeah. just, and he's not afraid to share. They, they, what I always remembered the most about him was he never got rattled. No, he was always level-headed. Some disaster I've never seen happened. Him. He was just yeah, like, is what I've never it is. seen him. Have you ever reached out to him? No, I'd love to meet him. Reach out to him. Yeah, I should. Just reach out well, to him. Well, I don't him. think he's, is he on Instagram? He's not on Instagram, no. but you could probably reach out to him through uh, the Reynolds for Heroes page, or you could oh, even okay. just call his office, Kara Call. Okay. He'll, he'll, the message will get to him. Yeah. Because I was just talking to Greg from Generation, and he goes, I was talking to Jim. I passed by, and I wanted to get Jim's opinion on some drawings that I'm working on. Oh, and we got together for a coffee, and he gave me his two cents, and, and it was valuable information. I was like, that's Jim. That's what he does. Nice, yeah. I, I would um, totally encourage you to do it, man. I will, Seriously, because yeah. Yeah, I'm slowly trying to get a little bit more work done in the city because I'm spending a lot of my time in the GTA now. Um, so... Yeah, I'd love to talk to someone who's had that experience down here. It's a different beast building in the GTA, man. He's he's handled more than his share of, oh, yeah. of projects, and he's yeah. handled more than his share of just city officials and everybody like yeah. that. Yeah. But he's always he's always loved educating the next group of kids that are coming up his way, right? Sweet. And so it's like he's more than welcome to do that, right? Oh, and and that's why he was doing the show too as well, right? I'm sure yeah. now I'll probably get a phone call from him saying like, stop fucking telling people to... <laughs> yes, no, he's never said that. He's never yeah. even indicated that. That's just a kind of person like that. When it gets to the other, you know, puppets on TV there, if they really cared about teaching or educating the industry, you would see them doing that. Oh, yeah. Not and none of them are the doing industry, that. Yeah. Right? kids afraid to go into the industry. I think, the, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that he'd be too nervous about asking a question that's not on a cue card where his answer is. Yeah. That's the problem I have with him, right? Like yeah, Jim doesn't have any cue cards around him. Yeah. You know, he's not cheating. There's no cheat notes. He's giving you his opinion of what he's gone through. Yeah. He's not giving you what you th he thinks you should do. He's just offering what I've done in that situation. Yeah. You take that information now and you run with it if you yeah. want. Yeah. I, I, I got that from his show as a totally. young kid I was like totally. this guy is like not afraid to acknowledge his mistakes on tv 
you know, something that might affect his business. He's like, this is what happened. This is how we're going to fix it. It was the first and only guy I ever saw on TV regarding construction that ever did that. Yeah. It was a real reflection of the industry. Yeah. And then we all get into the industry and we're like, holy shit. That was almost like a mirror. Yeah. No kidding. We are in the same situations now. Yeah. We're confronted by the same. Yeah. They made it look so easy on TV. But not Jim's made it look real, real rentals, man. That yeah, yeah, show. that's what it was, right? It was yeah. a shame that it stopped. I mean, I know all the reasons why it stopped, but it was just like he, he just had enough of the behind the scenes crap, right? Yeah, I bet that's a lot. He just wanted to focus on the actual work, the mm-hmm. construction, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, and that, that's what's funny how you grew up on that. I, I grew up on that. I grew up on that, on this old house. Yeah. This old Paying house attention was great. to as much as uh, he was entertaining and funny, Bob Vila. Bob you know Vila. Know? But man. Bob still threw himself on the job site. And he was he was he was humble about telling the, the, the audience, I didn't do this. Here's yeah. the person who did it. Yeah, yeah. I want to introduce you to the person who did it. Yeah, he did do that. And I love that about yeah. him. He, he wasn't like, look what we did today. Yes, he's like, oh, he this never. Guy over here, what he's doing. Yes, I want to introduce you to so and so. They're yeah. handling the foundation. They're handling the framing. Yeah, they're taking care of. It. Notice how they're doing that. That's what I respected about him. Yeah, for sure. But he really didn't know much about construction. No. But he was in a playground. He was a woodshop guy. Yeah. yeah. Same with Norm and all those guys. But it was like, that's what we yeah. grew up on. Like yeah. That's what we kind of like, that's kind of cool, man. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. I used to love those shows as a kid that the BBC aired. I can't remember the, the names, but they would restore old ancient ruins. Not ancient ruins, but like. They would dive into them. Yeah, man. big old country farmhouses in England with the. Um, the hay roofs, what do they call that? Oh, thatching? Uh, the thatching. thatching. Thatch- oh, man, there's a guy I follow. Yeah, the thatching guy. I can't stop staring unreal. at his shit, man. Unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. I think, what is he, got to be one of the only guys to do it. And he's got to be younger than you. Yeah. I think Young he's guy. in his 30s. Yeah. But the way he's just, I've seen him start it, finish it. Yeah, it's art. Do the ridge, and like, it's art. Yeah, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, it's unreal. It's like it makes you want to have a house like that, like sure. downtown Toronto in, yeah. the, in Queen West. <laughs> yeah, and if it's not thatched, at least those big stone tiles. Oh, you know that they do. Those, yeah. those are cool. I want to drop one of those, but they don't do any of that shit right now, oh, man. Let's see that down here. Oh, we see the same houses being built. No Nobody matter. wants to take a risk. You know what the yeah. risks are? Contemporary, modern. Yeah, but to me, they all look the same. Cantilevers, all glass. They all kind of look. The it's same. the same thing. Yeah. Kitchens look the same. Yeah. Bathrooms look the same. Yeah. It's almost like everybody went to the exact same tile store. Yeah. Exact same hardwood store. Yeah. It's on trend. <laughs> Which yeah. is a shame because you have a canvas. Oh, at that point, and you're building those homes with that type of budget. Like you can do That's whatever you want. That's the other thing. You have the numbers behind it. Yeah. But you got these wealthy people just like, no, we want to do this. We want what everyone else has. And that's okay. It's okay. It's a paycheck at that point. Yeah. But it's kind of nice, like, if you find a client that lets you play a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? With opportunity where you like, you could try this, right? That's where I start seeing a lot of nice stuff where you start seeing details being made in front entryways. They'll spend a little bit of money on timber, mm-hmm. a little canopy or something like that, right? Yeah. Or restoring old doors into new openings, right? Love that. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things I hated when I first got into the business. I was like, oh, we got some antique doors in the garage. Can you incorporate them somewhere into the rental and it's like oh god putting together those old things yeah we can put it in the door (laughs) yeah but they call come in pieces that they're even the trim kits all still have nails in it and you gotta re-put these old things back together in a new build i i I used to hate it now it's like one of the my favorite things it's the best thing ever yeah you got a door that's probably a century old yeah love that it's got thickness of paint on it yeah 
Apparently, then, there's a door. Have you been to the door store? Is that what it's called yeah, in yeah. Toronto? There's there's Doorland Door Store. There's a, there's another place. Yeah, I think it's they'll take your door and they'll create a thermal frame for it. Oh, cool. They'll, so they'll give you that headache. They'll take care of oh, it for right you. It's it's not cheap. Yeah, I don't mind. But it's still cheaper than getting a brand new yeah. mahogany or walnut door. Yeah, and it's got no character. Yeah. You got to build that character. It takes a century. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, all kinds sure. of little things. There's missed opportunities, I think. Especially in Toronto. Toronto has like class. I, someone should start teaching homeowners. Like it should be a prerequisite when you get a building permit. By the way, this is the neighborhood that you live in. This is the influence of this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So your home should have some of these details in your home. Yeah, let's rebuild. Otherwise, we don't approve this permit. Yeah. Right? That's what we should be doing. Yeah. The National Heavy Equipment Show is back and taking place April 11th and 12th at the International Center. You're invited to Canada's largest heavy equipment showcase with a massive display of equipment and service. Thousands of professionals come together from the nation's biggest industries, such as road building, infrastructure, landscaping, snow removal, and beyond. Watch one of the interactive demos or check out the gravel pit. A whole building full of aggregate, crushing, and screening equipment demos. The National Heavy Equipment Show, April 11th and 12th. Register online today for free with promo code NHES2005. Find full details online at nhes.ca and be sure to follow on Facebook. I know that the historical society will deem an old house, like, what is it, S2 or S3, where... You can demolish it, but you got to rebuild it in the nature of what it used to be or yeah. what's in the neighborhood, yeah. which is cool. I, old Toronto needs to do that. I'm getting a little sick of seeing in the old brownstones this fucking shiny box of mirrors in the middle of a street. That just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I understand it, but I don't necessarily have to like it when I see... Like, okay, so when you... You've been to New York? Yeah. Chicago? Not Chicago, no. Boston? You can in New York. Let's just go New York. Yeah. When you see a row of brownstones, yeah. beautiful. Like they're 200, 300 yeah. years old. Yeah. They've been maintained. Yeah. There's a certain, even though every house is similar, they're unique. Yeah. But those brownstones, like right close to Manhattan, too, they got, the planters are gorgeous. The urns look like a $100,000 urn that a sp- little spruce is sitting in at the front door. Like, I love that stuff. Then we walk along Toronto, mm-hmm. and you see a Home Depot planner. Yeah, yeah. with a birch bark <laughs> branch sticking And some out. Pinterest kind of design <laughs> yeah. on the face yeah. of it to be creative at that point. Yeah. That's what Toronto's missing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the industry, the construction industry, tradespeople, are trying to infuse it into the industry, but we're being roadblocked by a homeowner or designer or architect. Mm. I don't know. Or maybe by the budget, maybe primarily by the budget. Yeah, because it's going to cost too much. But I'm seeing really good work by certain people that are building certain things for people in Toronto. Quality work, doors, decks, front entrance, like simple things, small projects. It's there. I know what it costs. There's no way that every single tradesperson has take, like lost their shirt doing that project. Yeah, no. They must have made some money off yeah. of it. So it's there. Yeah. You just got to find the right client, I guess. Yeah, right? it is. And everyone wants clean and new. So to present an idea where we're going to refurbish all these doors or put in these antique things in a new house is not what people want nobody's ever doing rooms anymore everything's all open concept because i guess yeah. that the width of a house which is 15 or 16 feet mm-hmm. wide yeah is too narrow to have a hallway in our separate room a separate dining separate living separate everything nobody wants that nobody wants that that's our biggest money makers open concepts like 
Structurally, it makes sense. You just go one TGI right across. Yep. It's done. It's done. They're fun to do, but it's not my cup of tea. I do like dining rooms, a kitchen, a living room. Separate. Like I, I like those old houses like that. You ever had an opportunity to do any plaster molding? Yeah. I haven't really? done it myself, but I've had to get in a, yeah? in a house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ripping down a lathe and then having to get it to match pretty close. Yeah, especially like we're putting patio door in an old wall. Yeah. I got a call. The masters. Of course. To come and clean that up. Of course. Yeah. yeah but, but it's nice to bring that back. Absolutely. Yeah. Because those are the details that are important, man. Yeah. And that guy's booked. He's busy. Oh, of course he is. He's <laughs> going to stay that way, right? Yeah. The real challenge is that you, as much as you're going to spend money on that and you're taking care of those details, you got to hire a really good HVAC person too because you've removed certain walls and now you got to run things a different way. Oh, yeah. The asbestos. After, like, All every ductwork is wrapped in asbestos. But now you got to rerun the new one out and you got to get up the yeah. code now and you got to add yeah. HRV, ERV. You got to yeah. do all this other shit. And now you've got no walls to hide this stuff. Yeah. You got to be creative Bulk now at that point. All kinds of shit. Door, yeah. But there's yeah. ways of doing it. Yeah, there is. And that's fun. But like as a carpenter, we don't want to make those decisions for you. No. And we're left making those decisions. Like I'm on some jobs. I don't know what the, the architect's drawing a cartoon and the engineer <laughs> is hardly specking the house like honestly with our <laughs> renos that we do i get concept drawings everyone's chintzing out on the builder drawings and i'm constantly calling the architects luckily i've worked with the same couple of architects and engineers so lately. they know what information to send you yeah and they're just like how do you want to build it right and i'm like well i, I wanted this i want a three ply here i want a post here and they're like okay we'll spec it just give me the sizes but none of that shit's on the plans anymore so I've had other architects on the show, and they've said the same thing. It's yeah. just like they're not—they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing regarding their scope. Yeah, it's wild. So when you do like a fixed price, and then I get ripping this house apart, I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice because it's hard to stare at a set of plans. You can't—you can't get all the answers no. out of that. Yeah. So trying to explain to your customer, well, it's going to be. And then you're the bad guy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love fixed prices. Sometimes it doesn't work out in my favor, but makes you look honest it makes you finish the job and you're not having a big fat extra bill like that's what people want that time and material is a scary concept to pitch to people because they don't know where it's going to go the variable yeah. right yeah but you also have to cover your ass though you got to run do. a business you do right? like i got a good idea of what's going to happen you want an addition on well we got to shore up where we're ripping this wall out of a house to tie into, you know, but that that's the crucial stuff that's left off of so many plans. Yeah. No numbers, no window locations. Like I'm a, I'm a carpenter. I don't want to tell you where I think this window should go, but they're always going, what do you think? Right? Yeah. Always. Always. I hate that question. Yeah. When I first started out, like in Vancouver, I was building $30 million houses. An architect would show up in a Bentley the engineer would show up in a Hummer and I just got off the bus or my bicycle and they're like, right, how are we building this today? Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, there's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't my job. I just want a picture with all the information on it. I'll build it exactly how it is. Because if you leave it up to me, there's a chance that you're going to say, oh yeah, we should have went over a little bit more and I'm doing it again. And then time and material come into play. Of course it has to. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're. It's a hobby for you at that point, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And you can't, right? Are they yeah. parking right on site, right in front, like oh, right yeah. as close as possible? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always had this daydream <laughs> of mine. Sometimes when they would show up and they would do that, 
and it'd be on a day that the excavator would be on site or a telehandler mm-hmm. or something like that. And there'd be an accident. Something would be get yeah, dented or dropped or something. Not bomb. Yeah. No, I'm talking about <laughs> a pallet right on top of yeah. it, right? Yeah. You know, maybe have a photo opportunity where there's a sign there, do not park past this line kind of thing, mm-hmm. even though they parked there. Yeah, they see the other trades sticking in there and they own the place. I love that you said that architects give you cartoons, man. Like, like they don't, they should step up and start doing more because they are charging a fair price, right? Yeah. For huge. the work because it, it's responsibility. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, yeah, they have to have a better idea how it's built. Um, and I'm, I mean, this is on a cheaper budget. Those yeah. bigger budgets, those guys are great. And we've worked with some amazing ones. But we also build too much off of concept drawings. And then it's all left to you, though, yeah. and your crew. Yeah. And then if something doesn't work well, you're responsible yeah. now. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We built it as per drawings. We've had conversations. We've discussed. Well, the inspectors come in and be like, "That beam is not on this drawing. Fail." (sighs) Now you got to get yeah. Yeah. So the engineer is redrawing the plan, anyways. Why not just draw it for us in the first place? Because they, I, they have to update the plans before the inspection. Of course. So why not? Because they want to see that. Yep. I know. I always hated that. Crazy. A lot of responsibilities. And look, Tim, pound for pound, that guy does way too much. He does. Way. Because he cares too much. much. Yeah. But he's so intelligent. He knows to do it. Yeah. But see the projects he's working on right now with all the steel that he's cutting? It's slowing him down. His last post was, we didn't do so well on this job. Of course We got to step it up. And then he started capping that floor and was like, no mistakes on this one. This one is going to be a beauty. What do they do to him? They slow him right down. I know. It's heartbreaking to watch, man. But they're lucky to have him. But he's challenged guys too. He's challenged engineers. He's challenged inspectors, and he should be challenging them, right? Yeah. Yeah. You like in a in the trades, we all have our jobs. Yes. Why not in the office? Yeah. You know, so he shouldn't be put in that position. So. Well, he should be compensated more I for the work is. that he's. I really hope he is. But it's too easy for us. Not. Thing, he's not. That's the problem, yep. right? It's like there's other. He's doing other people's work. And I say other people's, I mean the Bentleys and the Hummers yeah. that are arriving. He's doing their work. Yeah. And I think that those people, they get used to it. Ah, you know what? They, they, they take advantage because yeah, they're, yeah. they're not being backcharged. Yeah. Yeah. They even charge more if you complain about it. You, a request for information costs money. A request for information. An RFI, please. <laughs> One year I got charged $20,000 in RFIs on a commercial project, and I had no idea I was getting charged... My boss paid for it. I was working for somebody else, but he he didn't know the answers. He said, like, call the office, ask the office. And then they would send an email to the engineer in Vancouver, and the engineer, by the end of the project, had sent a, a list bill of- for RFIs. And I'm like, I thought it was just common that I call the engineer and ask for a little bit of explanation here, but they charge you for it. Was the information on the drawing? No, or else I would have able to so how can that idea. be a billable request if it's not on the drawing don't know i have no idea but it's like a lawyer charging you for the hours in the office wow yeah it's gnarly i haven't in you could probably contest it but then all of a sudden then you'll be put on a blacklist because then you yeah maybe get, yeah you have it on residential too as well i haven't had i haven't experienced oh yeah that. no that was just on commercial I haven't experienced you that. You know what, right? It should be on residential because the amount of times that you don't have a site meeting where the interior designer's not there or the engineer's not there or the architect's not there, but you're there, and then you got clients asking you how it should be done. Yeah, I should be charging more for that. 
That's what I'm saying. Not them. Yeah. Do you want me to answer this question? I'll answer this question. Sure. Here's the form. Yeah. It's fine if I know the answer on the top of my head and that's quick. Spit it off. There. That's free. But don't make me sit down on a computer. But even that being free is not fair. It's not. Because that's your experience. Yeah. That's why Tim does so well because he can challenge because he's built similar and been in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows one plus one, this is what we need to do. I know. His job is to teach his guys that. Not, not the homeowner or homeowner. the architect or the engineer. Yeah. If he do, does, yeah. there should be a tuition charge at that point. For sure. For sure. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before, man. Request yeah. for information. But if the information is not on the fucking sheet. Well, it's crazy. Like, they'll give you drywall measurements, but in commercial, there's three, there's a skirt wall, there's an insulation wall, there's a build out, and then there's the concrete. Yeah. So, yeah. where am I? I'll go drive out a drywall and then minus seven and a half inches on this side, seven and a half. This. Like, there's too much work involved. And then if it's off by an inch, who's at fault? It was never like that back in the day. No. Framers were told to do the, this, that's their scope. Yeah. You give me this and I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to figure out the missing links in this chain. Yeah, you here. should not have to, but it's wild. When you're pricing a job, you kind of see that number and you're like, oh, okay, it's an 11 foot room. Cool, no problem. Don't even really pay attention to that until you're building it. And you're like, oh, those arrows are to drywall. But then you look through your legend and that wall is three walls <laughs> then you learn you quickly. yeah you got to figure all that out but now you got to price it for the next job and now you're going to be too high on the next job yeah because you factor that in yeah do they take advantage of the industry there and try to get someone that's younger that's just getting started hungry and they want the job yeah that's what happens yeah for sure for over 30 years techno metal post vision and goal has been to revolutionize the construction industry and today they are proud to say that they have achieved this Their dreams drove them to design, innovate, and build reliable products, develop leading-edge installation equipment, as well as train and certify professional installers just like you. Techno Metal Post products are used throughout the world. They do the research, the evidence is there, and testimonials have shown that their helical piles have become a standard in the building industry. Many customers and contractors have already adopted our technology, and for them, it would be impractical to do it any differently. Reach out to them at www.technometalpost.com for your next project. Yeah. Um, so the young guys, all they can do is try to educate, get some lessons learned from the older guys. Yeah. Watch out for these holes. Yeah. Yeah. A good drawing with all that information on it, just, it's easy. A crew can figure it out. Yeah. It's easy to teach. It's easy. To read. Yeah. But to decipher and break everything down, it's too much responsibility on your carpenters. It's crazy. You guys aren't building the pyramids, man. It's like you don't have to try to figure out hieroglyphics or anything like that. Yeah. Like it should be pretty straightforward. Should be. Even the junior person on the crew should be able to read that and go, this is what we're doing. Yeah, oh, well, the room's 11 feet. Easy. Inside to inside. But there's three walls. Yeah, three walls. Which one? Yeah. I don't hate DeWalt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I, love I it. hate DeWalt's behind the scenes dualt that are just i find it funny that every tool brand thinks that they're the best i don't find it so much the tool brand saying it it's the guys that use it like i i get a little annoyed with some instagram guys who are oh man I'll, i only use dualt they're the best by far I'm like well they're all the same they're all the same you know i don't care they're just yeah. different colors yeah that's all they are right but it's funny you see a lot of like memes and little jokes about milwaukee guys yeah like, the guys are the worst. There's, uh, you know what? <laughs> I would say, yeah. I would say the yeah. guys are worse. Yeah. But the, the difference is that 
and I'll be honest, Milwaukee's, they're smart tools. They're smart accessories. Like, if you don't have packouts, I don't know what you're doing. Well, we're framers. We don't really use packouts. But, so I, I don't get into the, all the gadgets and the. No, I don't want to get into like coolers yeah. and coffee yeah. makers and all that yeah. shit and all these extra things that make no sense to me. But, yeah. but I mean, it's just like, um, let's just talk about the tools. Like, I'm just sorry. Like, I, I think it's, it's clearly evident that DeWalt's oscillating tool is the loudest one in the market. I don't give a shit what anybody says, right? It's I, like, you know, I've heard you say that on the show. I have noticed. Y- you haven't all noticed? The time I'm kind of listening. And I'm like, you haven't noticed? I haven't noticed well, no. there's the whole social media meme with uh, Dumb and Dumber where you don't want to hear the most annoying sound and then it cuts to yeah. a DeWalt being cut, right? Like the multi-tool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's never been cut to a Milwaukee or yeah. to a Bosch or to a Fine. It's yeah. always been a DeWalt tool, right? Yeah. So I, like, I find it funny. I'm giving that that meme probably once a month if someone yeah. sends it to me here you go man <laughs> yeah. nice. well i'm gonna put them to the test <laughs> maybe you're just yeah. so used to it that you don't realize yeah i just it. think they're all awful they're they're brutal it's one of my favorite tools though. Don't it's the best wrong, i don't know what we did before then i guess it was just all hand cut like really yeah. tight i know i don't know what the hell i did i, can't I don't think we, we do a lot of you were like, trying to do some really fine-tuned samurai oh, sawzall yeah. work sawzall work bend that blade <laughs> so it touches the floor <laughs> yeah. I mean, the cut starts straight and then it starts yeah. to go down yeah. right yeah yeah <laughs> then you then you hit the tip of the blade and that's it done that's it next blade now yeah that's what we used to do before multi uh, oscillating yeah. tools right yeah that's sure. too fucking funny. Yeah. That's the beauty of the industry, man. So that's why sometimes, man, when I'm looking at you guys and you guys come on the show and I do a little bit of research on you guys, I miss the site. I miss what, what I you I totally miss it, man. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, even though yours was cold, you know what I mean? Because you've done some work in some harsh environments, but I still miss the site. I miss totally. being around and having the shooting the shit and people trying to figure out problems. And then yeah. I miss the brother and sisterhood of things, right? Everyone sure. was like a team. Yeah. Everyone's got an objective and they love what they're doing. And it could be like strangers walking by and they're like fucking shivering like this. I don't want to be here or it's all muddy. Or it's all yeah. too hot, sunny or sweaty. Yeah. We're all in it together. It's camaraderie. Yeah. You know, no one's different when it's, Everyone gets along. It doesn't matter, you know. And even when you get to the finishing stage, the rough stage, I still love seeing electricians, HVAC, and plumbers all getting along like a utopia, Mm -hmm. waiting for the unicorn to come around. Like you're like going, this is amazing. Everyone's getting along. Everyone's all working together. Mm -hmm. We're not butchering, beavering, you know, like we're trying to just, what's the best chase? What's the best way to do this shit? Yeah. The objective. Yeah. When's the last time you were on the tools? Last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was last year. Okay. Uh, Around this time. Okay. Would have been the last time, yeah. Like March would have been the yeah. end. What, are you just doing rentals? No, I'm not doing I'm doing this. Oh, on in here. Did this work? No, I, I'm just doing the show. No, I mean, what were you doing a year ago when you are on Oh, I was doing a basement rental. Yeah. Yeah, I was just doing a basement rental, man. Yeah. So other than this setting up the studio and cutting this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Which, this was a pain. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> looks great. <laughs> it was a pain, but it looks great. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 t- I honestly truly miss it, but I definitely think that there's an exit plan for everybody that gets into it. You can't say you're going to be like, Jim's almost 70, right? But yeah. he's, he said on the show, what else am I going to do? Yeah, that's it. Like, I've tried to get out of the business a couple of times. Um, Why? Because you felt that that was your next step in life? Yeah, just getting a little older. And I've been f- framing is all I know. You know. It's like my body is getting banged up. But you know a little more than framing. A little bit, but yeah. it's just my comfort zone, and it pays really well. Like I, I put myself through university, and I was making good money at 19 years old. Like I didn't even use go follow through with my degree because I was already making good money. What were you majoring? 
history. Yeah, I wanted to teach university. So huh. I, I got my honors degree but didn't go to teacher's college. And because by the end of my degree, I was just like, I'm, I'm doing well. I got money in the bank as a student. None of my friends in, they in don't school have money are. In the bank. I'm buying everyone's beer. <laughs> so I just stuck with it. But I've tried to get out a few times. But, like, talk about construction life. Like, I live and breathe this. I don't, I don't think I'll ever do anything else. Well, I'd like to try, but I will always build something. It'll always be there. Yeah, I'll always be building a cottage or doing something. Yeah, something it. you haven't framed yet that you want to frame. Speaking of back, like back the days, I think it was Bob Vila's show. That's where I first learned about cheeking and log cabins and everything like that. Yeah, and I was fascinated by that show. Cool. One day I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah. Being all my time in the Yukon, I definitely fantasized about just walking into the bush there and building something. So yeah, start with that tree. Yeah, chop it down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I th- always wanted to build a bridge, and I got the opportunity to build a bridge at a guy's house. So that was awesome. How long of a span? It was about fifty feet. A rounded one over a driveway from the guy's office in his house over to his yard because the driveway went underneath. It was beautiful, and it was all bamboo Japanese garden on the bridge. It was gorgeous. Wow. Yeah. It was one of the most expensive houses in Canada at the time. In uh, West Vancouver. Just you and how many guys? Two. That's it? Yeah, we built a $50 million house in like two years. Yeah. That was my, they, I went from the laborer to the foreman in two weeks on that job. And they just left me there. It was awesome. And it was like, you just, sponge, you just like went in and Yeah. Yeah. I had done a little bit of framing for about a year, or forming for about a year, but still was never left on my own. At that point, I started that job and I was left on my own, left on my own with two laborers. And uh, some days, like the guys would come in from the Yukon and come and work with us on their days off. So mm. we'd, some days we'd have like five or six on a poor day, or if it was slab day, or it was a beautiful house and just a few of us. And that's how you learn. And then there was a bridge on that property too. Yeah. I've never touched a bridge. I, mean, I wish I had a picture of it, but I deleted my phone three years ago. I cleaned and then it, it didn't transfer over. No, I was uh, at the airport trying to make room on my phone for a podcast, oh. and I deleted my iCloud. Mm. <laughs> Where is it? Where's the property? West Vancouver. Just got to make a trip out there. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. a few photos of it because I'm sure it's still standing and still looking oh, great, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I look for it online all the time. Yeah. I just can't find anything. The, the guy that we built it for was a really private guy. I can imagine. So he probably scrubs the web. Yeah. He's like, I don't want anything yeah. being seen about it, right? So. Yeah. yeah. But that's pretty amazing, building that, taking care of that. Yeah, I was on that. I was. I did a little bit of work on that Chip Wilson house in Vancouver. I was on there for a couple of days before I went to that. Holy shit. Job, yeah. Yeah. So I've been in some pretty big properties. You built a skateboard ramp or no? No, that's... I should have said that. That's been on my list for years. I mean, because that's always fun. Yeah, I was going to do one last summer at my farm, but I, I ran out of time. The question is, how big would you build it? Yeah, just a small one. Just okay, fun. all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm too old. I get hurt too easy. I gotta it ain't going to be tiny. like a Red Bull kind of thing. Yeah. Just like, ah, and he's still going, and he's still going. He's, <laughs> no, it ain't going to be that big, man. <laughs> no. I was actually renovating a house in Saskatchewan like two years ago. I went all the way out there with my dog and all my tools, left the guys here. I broke two ribs skateboarding the first week. A two-week rental turned into two months because I had to finish it. Just you can't like, fucking do anything when you break a rib. Oh, T3s, thank God. You can't. 
Oh, okay. But it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. <sighs> just landed wrong? Yeah, skating a bowl. Just right down to the bottom. Smash. That sucked. So I got to slow down. Yeah, but I think maybe it's time to build a ramp. Yeah. A small yeah. one, just to get maybe small back one. onto it. Yeah, but that's on the list. That would be cool. Take a photo with you on a tool belt and then holding an Hitachi and going up. <laughs> that'll be good Hitachi would jump all over it then man that way <laughs> yeah. then you can see the Hitachi falling yeah but it's plywood so it's nice plywood. soft cushion it's not yeah. like uh, it's not like a job site right yeah. if it hits the dirt yeah <laughs> I think I've covered everything I want to ask you right I don't know if there's anything else man okay, I had a I think million questions I wanted to ask you I thought it was going to turn into me and oh fuck me. no you want to ask me anything ask whatever you want such a big fan of the show Manny thanks man you're like our Joe Rogan or our, <laughs> our Pat McAfee in this business. So it's an honor I to give be the here. platform to you guys, man. I yeah. told, I, I tell everybody, man, it's never about me anymore. It's always about you guys. Now I, I enjoy meeting you guys and learning about what yeah. you guys are up to these days. Right. Yeah. But we're all getting older too. Right. Yeah. But it seems like you're bringing out the best in some of these guys that have Thanks. been on the show. Like we all want to step up our game, get on Manny's show. <laughs> you know, it's, you're Thanks the, man. Yeah. You're the patron saint of construction for us and, <laughs> in canada here it's very cool i listen to a lot of your episodes and like i wish it was live so i could call in we're gonna do that yeah we're gonna do that we're planning on doing that well next week we're gonna be at the concord expo doing live yeah i'm gonna be there I'll come yeah say hello. so pass by the booth 1106 right uh, hall Sweet. one okay well yeah totally pass by um yeah no i want to do live i want people to call in because right. i want one person just to call in saying long time listener first time caller yeah i just want to hear that fucking statement yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the go-to of it, man. I, yeah, I like totally Fraser love it. Crane over here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can't get rid of them. Get rid of them. No, no, no. I, we're, we're plenty of few things. I, I love doing the show. It's been fun. But I honestly, I still missed. If I could somehow balance both of them, I'd totally yeah. fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. If I could build shit in here, I would do it too. But then you're going to start seeing sawdust all over the technical yeah. gear, which ain't going to be good at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love what's been built, right? So. Yeah, I think that's also why you're good at this show, man. Thanks, it's, man. It's, it's in your blood, man. You're a construct. You're one of us. I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. I get you. I, I've had other people come in here and saying, like, you can really ask questions and talk to people. And I was like, because I kind of understand what they've been yeah. through. Like, yeah. I've, I've been there, that situation. I may not have been in every situation, yeah. but I've been in a lot of situations, right? Yeah. And yeah, then you, you sure have. Um, yeah. And it, it tells, or it shows, sorry, yeah. Yeah, thanks, um, man. I've uh, reached out to a few guys that have been on your show and be like, I'm so nervous, man. Give me some pointers. And, and they probably like, oh, tell man, you how easy it was. Yeah, they're like, man, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best he'll take care of it don't even worry it'd be fine everyone's always a little nervous i don't yeah. understand it because i've the always song. it's the song yeah what are you doing to us i've had people it's carlito's fault by the way uh i've had people not come on the show because of the I song bet. they said i can't do the song yeah i was rattled for two months when you asked me to come on i was like fuck sometimes if you bug me enough and yeah. everyone's listening now if you bug me enough about not doing a song i would just say fuck it don't do the song come on the show yeah sometimes right okay so you're not like never mind don't come on the show then no now it's because there's <laughs> like people are saying i don't want to do the song i don't yeah. want to do the song i'll come on the show but i don't want to do the song yeah but then you know you get it's just breaking the ice that's all it is yeah. man and you did a good job thanks man i was shaking it's tough do we not like Whistle, tune, sh hum, shoot the shit on the job site. Do we not do any of that shit? So last night I said to my girl, I was like, I am so terrified of this song. It's the not song like, I'm not thing, a, really? I'm not the type of guy to walk into a room singing a song. She's like, yes, you are. <laughs> you do it all day. I was like, okay, I guess See I See what I mean? <laughs> Everybody does it until yeah. you ask to do it on cue. Yeah. Then it becomes a kind of a oh, yeah. stressor, right? Yeah. But you yeah. did great, man. It was Thanks. all good. Thanks. You're more than welcome to come back anytime you want on the oh, show, right man. 
You gonna yeah? Tom- uh, the show next week's gonna be good. Sweet, yeah, I'm looking show. forward to it. I didn't get to World of Concrete, so this is the next thing. I didn't want to touch any of the no. big big shows. I want to do the smaller shows, yeah. right? So cool. that'll be fun next week. We got a lot of shows to do next week. Sweet. So there'll be a lot of talking going on. We're still trying to figure out what it's gonna look like there. I yeah. gotta figure out some stuff, but yeah. it ain't gonna look like this. Yeah, can't look like this, right? So yeah, this is great. I like this space. Are you gonna man. go to the IBS show? I wasn't planning on it. it's too. Oh. There's too much shit going on right Even now. Are one? you going down? I'm gonna try. Yeah, I haven't booked anything, but I'll try. I was last time I was there was right before COVID when when it hit. I was leaving town yeah. when it started. Oh yeah. Right. So that would, that would have been four years ago. Yeah. 2020. Oh nice. Yeah, but uh, it looks like it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, it looks really cool. There's some products there that I don't have a lot of experience using, and I want to incorporate into um, our routine. So. I, at this point in my career too i just want to learn as much as i can like I, i'm a dork when it comes to those shows I, I that's what i but i love there's been i think the last few years of ibs i didn't pick up shit no i was like i've seen all this shit like, oh. where's the new shit yeah i i haven't even i don't even go to any of them oh, have you ever been to ibs no prepare yourself yeah it's massive yeah but massive like you will not cover everywhere on the yeah. I don't. Day. I'm gonna try to go for two days and I and I I would say, pick your plan. Like decide where you want to go and see. Oh really? Do that first. Okay. Because it will consume most of your time. Yeah. Right. That's what the impression I got from World of Concrete when they're like oh World is even bigger. I'm yeah. like I don't know which one to pick, but it's cool. Like as I'm a carpenter through and through. Like I'm not a businessman, so it's. The World Concrete had all those business seminars and software programs. Which is great and all. but For I, me, I need, I need to learn. I want to so. get to the booths and get to the products and get to the guys and yeah. try to figure out what's new and what's coming on. My itch right now is, and I hopefully I can do it, I think it's in the fall, is the German show. Oh. I want to see Europe. Cool. That's all Europe coming to yeah. Germany talking building. Yeah, that blow my mind. I wouldn't. That would like, that's where I, I know Will yeah. Gunnell's been there a couple of times from cool. Gunnell Holmes, right? And and he was like, man, you got to go. And I was like, yeah, I want to oh, cool. go. I want to check that shit out, right? Nice. That's how it all that. started. I went to IBS 12, 13 years ago for the first time oh. in Atlanta, right? Because I was curious about where am I supposed to go? Because the home show in Toronto was nothing. Yeah. I was like, I already absorbed that fucking sponge. It was done, right? Yeah. So I was like, someone told me about IBS and then I went, Arable Bowel Syndrome. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck am I going to go there? <laughs> no, no. The International Builders Show, right? Yeah. And I went there and I was in awe. I was in awe. I was like, this is insane. Because mm. it was your first time. It was my first time. Yeah. First of nine times. Oh, nine times, yeah. Right? And then you just absorb. But then you start realizing, nobody's really shooting out new shit. I want to see new shit. I want to see innovative new stuff, right? Yeah. Not just gimmicky shit. Yeah. I want to see new stuff. New stuff is cool to learn, but if we can't incorporate it into our business, that's the, yeah, then next hurdle. what's the point? I know. Now you get OBC and National Building Code, and they're like, yeah. no, we can't bring that in just yet. Yeah. <sighs> But from a fan of construction, uh, I'm down. Yeah, totally. You should, you'll yeah. enjoy it, but plan yeah. it. Cool. Totally plan it. It's coming up on the 27th. 27th. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's coming up fast. So have you, have you booked? Have you registered? No, I haven't. I'm just dabbling with the idea because I've got to start two jobs on Monday. So it's going to be crazy. Are you going to pull that? Well, you could fly in, do it three days, and then get yeah, the hell in and out. out. It's business. i got to start doing that. So it's worth it. I would, if you've never car. been, I would say yeah. do it. Totally yeah. do it. Yeah. World Concrete is massive, though. You'll yeah. get lost in that one. Yeah. But it's trade season for construction right now. Mm-hmm. January, February, March, yeah, April. It's a good time for it. It's insane right now. Yep. Man. I'm I'm done. I think I'm done. I just gotta ask you the twelve questions, Sweet. which I think it's like were you nervous about these questions no. too? Because <laughs> no. you're asking me about them. I don't see them. <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't see them on the 
on the original the email? email and then last night i'm like you know what i better take a look at those questions and i gotta i gotta thank you for this man like, oh yeah there's some good good stuff in it's there. like amazing shit in here man yeah. well i saw an episode where you were mixing a cocktail and teaching us how to I don't know if we were mixing it. I think we were just drinking it. Uh, wasn't it like you were actually showing how to make a drink one time? Was oh, there was a video year? I did. Yeah, yeah, video. Yeah, I've yeah. done I've done the uh, Manito, which is my version of Mojito. Oh, yeah, that's Manny it. Manny Mojito, that's right? It. Yeah. I've done that, and I also did the, the watermelon. And then I had my social guys like, you got to do more of those, Manny. Yeah, they're like, great. Fuck, they take a long time. Man. I like the movie ones, you do. You like the movie ones yeah, too? I'm yeah. going to do more of those as well. Oh, There's lots of yeah. movies that I want to talk about and share that yeah, people nice. don't even know about, right? Yeah, it was cool. So did you ever see Thief? Or? No, because I couldn't find it. It's on, I swear it's on Amazon. No, I checked my Amazon, unless it's like one of those upgrades you got to do. Fuck, I could have swear I saw it recently on, on one of the streamers I saw it on there, yeah. unless they took it down. Yeah. I got a copy of it, but I... Yeah, <laughs> I love those old movies, so I'll find it. It's an old movie. It's a great movie, man. Yeah. That's funny you're bringing that up. Thanks, man. Anything else you want to ask me before I ask you these questions? Oh, off the top of my head, I don't know. We if should make a up. whole episode of me interviewing you. Sure. If you want to come back and interview me, I'm totally game for that, man. You're busy, though. You got to keep the job site going. The guy's going. Yeah, I'm busy, but I'd make time. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Ryan Buchanan here. Buchanan Carpentry. Uh, Ryan at getbuchanan.com and also www.getbuchanan.com and IG uh, Buchanan Carpentry. You get a lot of consulting work these days? Uh, yeah. You get a lot of people interested. Yeah, I do. And that's the beauty of kind of Instagram right now. Like back to that point where we don't really have competition. Yeah. I get tons of guys being like, can you come help us on this roof? Can you come do that? And that's what I based my business on. I just, I didn't want to work for homeowners. I didn't want to get in line 30, 60 days with a contractor. Yeah, yeah. So I was just helping out companies. Smart. It was a lot of fun, but mm. it's not really where the money is. You know, it's the, they're happy to pay you well for a couple of days, but it, it's yeah it's, it's there it's part of your wheelhouse it's there yeah i love it i love it what is your favorite construction word past <laughs> what's your least favorite tool sawzall okay <laughs> mistakes we bring it out yeah yeah I, I, re I quickly realized <laughs> that yeah when a framer brings out the sawzall it means there's a mistake yeah. what construction sound do you love Poor day. Just the sound of pouring concrete. Back, trucks backing up. Trucks backing up. The ties pinging. You got to mm -hmm. listen here for a blowout. You can hear it. You got a warning. So I love that. What's your favorite beverage? It's hard to beat a nice cold high life. It's true. Uh, worst and best part of construction. Is that uh, my turn-ons and turn-offs? Yeah. Well, okay, back to your, the best part. Our scopes are pretty big, so when you finish something, it's quite the feeling. Quite the you challenge. Know, it's, it's quickly disappears when you just start a new reno the next day. Does it really? Yeah. As soon as you get into it's the like gear. amnesia. You're like, done. The next one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's, turn, let's turn offs. I'd have to say the lack of empathy. For us. For us. Yeah, and Trades it's not just like framers. No, no, all the trades. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Favorite curse word? Oh, I'm not allowed to say it. Sure you are. No, just I got told I can't, so I'm going to switch By it. whom? <laughs> I'm a feminist. Okay. <laughs> uh, probably. What, the fuck. C word? Yeah. Guilty. 
Well, why is it that the Irish can get away with it I all know, the time? I know, the British. They sound the so British, good doing it. They say it almost like it's a period, man. I know, it sucks. It almost like, thank you for calling me that. <laughs> yeah, you almost feel like that. <laughs> all right, well, we know which one we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite vehicle? Uh, 1970 Lamborghini Mira. <sighs> what color? They did the funky colors, eh? I know. I hate yellow cars, but the yellow is sharp. The yellow is kind of nice just because the eyelashes on the headlight. Yeah, exactly. That's why it looks so nice as a yeah. yellow. Yep. That's such a beautiful it's shape. the only yellow right? car I like. That's the fuck you to Ferrari uh, yeah. car. Yeah. I love that he designed yeah. that thing. It's a great car. What do you miss from your childhood? My grandparents. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? A restaurant. Open one up? Yeah. What kind of food? It's like a wine bar, small plates, but I love the idea of just opening up either a pizzeria or a sandwich shop. My town needs it. Do it. I will. Um, do you remember what Ossington used to look like with karaoke bars, Vietnamese karaoke no. bars? <laughs> I bet. I've been stuck on that street a few times with SWAT because someone made a comment about some Vietnamese guy singing badly and then guns came out. No way. Oh, and they shut. This is way before Ossington became what it is today. Yeah. Way before. It was like every one of those restaurants on Ossington was a karaoke, Vietnamese oh, karaoke bar, yeah. Really? And they, you don't fuck around with that. Oh, man. Shit. So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what profession would you not like to do? Cop. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Oh, man. Wrong floor. Bars downstairs. <laughs> Wrong floor. <laughs> sounds boring up there. No, man. That sounds great. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much, man. Thank you, man. I know you're a busy boy and you got a lot going on. Say hi to everybody on the crew. And yeah. Do they listen to as well? Or is no. They don't care? No, they're too young. They're too they young. To they're I thought the younger young. the young guys are listening nowadays. I got one guy that's just loves construction, but he's he's not to the point where he's doing his homework yet. Let's see. He's just riding the way for now. Yeah. That's all he is, man. Thanks yeah. so much, man. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. And welcome back anytime. Say hello next week. Honestly, we'll be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll uh, sure. Hall 1, 1106 is our booth. And uh, yeah, we, you might catch us recording or you might catch us on a downtime or whatever. Sweet. But yeah, we'll have lots of fun there. Okay, cool. See you, man. We're done, man. Thank you. Thanks. Angelina Radio.